So last week, um, I was talking about Sabbath. We're doing this spiritual growth theme where we're really talking about a lot of things that we have to be intentional about to grow and that we want to grow and develop in our walk with God. Because I can tell you, if you've been in church for a long time and you're not growing, there's something wrong. You need to be growing. And growth isn't just from your church. Growth is something that you have to make happen as well. You know, once a week is not going to sustain you. You know, if, if you think it will, then just for the next month, I want you to eat one meal every Sunday morning and don't eat the rest of the week. And you'll see that it's hard to live that way. And it's hard to have strength when you're not feeding yourself. And it's the same thing spiritually. For us to grow, we have to feed ourselves, not just on Sunday, but also on Monday and also on Tuesday that we get into the Word. So I'd encourage you, get, get your Bible out every day. Try to get your Bible out. Read. Let the Lord speak to you. Pray. There's a lot of things you can do. So last week, as we were going through all of these things we've talked about up to this point, last week we were talking about Sabbath, and we got into it, and there was just a lot there. So we extended it to another week. And I was going to do it this week, but then when baptism happened, I thought, we're not going to get through all of that. So we're going to continue that message next week. And I just want to talk to you just real briefly on Acts chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, go to Acts chapter 2. And we're going to talk about the early church and how the early church what was the kind of the foundation of the early church and, uh, and how it relates to us today? Because there's some things that we're doing today that are very intentional. And, um, and, I, and I was studying this week and reading. I just thought, this is, this is part of who we are. And this is what the church, this was the foundation of the church when it started. So early in Acts chapter 2, you see the day of Pentecost when, when uh, the disciples, they're in the upper room. The Holy Spirit falls. People start speaking in tongues. But when they're speaking in tongues, it's actually languages that other people understand. So it wasn't just some, some stuff that nobody knew what they were saying. It was actually languages other people understood. And they heard about the wonderful works of Jesus. That's what they heard in their own language. So there was this. So you know that that was something that was led by the Spirit because people are hearing things that, that minister to them where they are in their own language. And as we talk about the Holy Spirit, we're going to be doing a series on that pretty soon. And when we do that, we're going to, you're going to understand that the Holy Spirit knows how to talk to people where they are. So when you're talking to people and you're ministering to people and you think, I don't know what to say, I promise you the Holy Spirit will always give you the words to say to be a blessing to people. That's how, that's how the Holy Spirit operates. He's your helper, and he'll help you. So this happened, and then after that, Peter starts preaching. So Peter's sharing the word, he's sharing, and it says in verse 41, which is, we'll get there in just a minute, but 42 is right here, but 41 says, um, in Acts chapter 2, verse 41, I just need to move over here, those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, and then it says this, about 3,000 in all. So there was 120, and then there was about 3,000 that were added to the church that day. Because of the message that Peter had shared about the goodness of God and the love of Jesus and how the gospel message, basically. These people were saved, they were baptized, and they were now part of the family. And then now let's pick up in verse 42. It says, all of the believers, now listen, think about this. Let's think about it in a, in a setting like right here. The majority of the believers were just fresh believers. They didn't have this old, you know, way of thinking. They hadn't really done church before. This was new. 
So you're talking about a lot of new believers, young new believers, not, not very deep or mature in the things of the Lord. Okay, so they're, they're here, and it says this, that all of them, all the believers, devoted themselves to, several, to four different things, and we're going to talk about it. Here's what they devoted themselves to. Now, first of all, devoted means that you continue, you are fully committed. You are continuing steadfastly in this pursuit, in this pursuit of these things. So they were devoted. It's not like being devoted, you know, sometimes people make these commitments and it's like, all right, I'm really making this commitment, and it's, it's not something that's very, you know, it's not rooted real strong. We just, sometimes we can quickly, you know, forget or just, it's kind of like New Year's resolutions. Sometimes we can make them, and by January 2nd, we're like, forget that, you know. And uh, so, but this, they're fully devoted means they're not, they're not quitting. They're not giving up. We are, everything we have is pursuing this. And here's the first thing they pursued. The apostles' teaching is what it says. The, the teaching of the now this wasn't this wasn't just you know anything they say and everything they say. The apostles' teaching, as far as they were teaching the word of God, so they're teaching the word, and these believers are hungry. They're hungry for the word. They're just they're just ready. Like we just we want to know more. We want to learn more. We want to understand more. Feed me. That's kind of their heart. That they're saying we're hungry. We're devoted to teach us. We want to know God more. We want to know about Jesus. We want to know the things of God. That's, that's the heart that this, that this church, the early church, started with. We want to know. We want to learn. We're, we're hungry. Now, how many of you have ever uh, not missed a few meals and you were just like, you were hungry. You worked all day. You didn't have time to eat. You didn't have time to eat lunch and you just worked and you were just like, oh, I got to get something to eat. And at that, at that moment, anything sounds good. In, I mean, it's anything. I mean, you know what? The McDonald's Supper Club, I'll even go there. That's how you make McDonald's fancy. Call it McDonald's Supper Club. So it's like, I'll go there. I know I'll pay for it later, but I'm hungry. You got to get something because you're so hungry. Or if, it's, if you're out working in the yard, you're outside and it's hot, you just need something to drink. That feeling of just like, oh, if I could just get something to drink. If I could just have some water or just have some tea or whatever it is that you want. But that feeling, not, not the water itself, the feeling of you, you got to get it. That's the hunger that these believers had for the apostles' teaching. We want to know God more. We want to know more about him. So how, how, can we, how can we understand that? We need to look at our own life, and we're going we're gonna to talk about this at the end. But if that's, a, if that's a value of the early church, and that's what the church was founded on, then you know what? We need to, we need to make sure that we, that we value the same thing. And I'm not saying, listen, this isn't a ploy to have you come to church every week, but I am telling you, you should be hungry for the word. You should be hungry that whenever you can get it, you're going to get it. Because that's how the early church was. They met daily. They came, to, I mean, they came together daily. Some people struggle weekly. Some people struggle monthly. But I'm telling you, daily they came to feed and to grow. They had this hunger. They were devoted to the apostles' teaching. Now, uh, let's go on. Let's, let's keep reading. It says this. Not only were they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, um, but also 
to fellowship. Okay, they, they were devoted to fellowship. You know what fellowship is? The Greek word is koinonia. And this is what it means. It means sharing together. It means uh, being in a community. It means uh, being unified. All these meanings of just let's all come together. When I was in, when I was younger, uh, when I grew up in the church I grew up in, uh, we had what we call these fellowship nights, where after church on Sunday night. See, it's so funny. Some people are like, man, I can't go every Sunday morning. When I was a kid, it was Sunday morning, Sunday school, then Sunday morning service, then Sunday night service, then Wednesday service. And every year or two, you have revival meetings Monday through Friday in a tent in the parking lot. Glory to God. Here we go. You know what I'm saying? That's how it was. And we were at all of them. But after Sunday night service, there was these fellowship times. And we would go to somebody's house or people would come to our house. And we just hung out. And we just talked, we fellowshiped, we, we, we laughed, we played games, we just had community. And you know what? That, that community time, that fellowship was important. Because Here's why it's important. Because you can, sometimes people think fellowship has to be so spiritual. It's not spiritual in the sense that you always have to talk about Jesus. It's spiritual in the sense that you're connecting together. And when you build relationship, it's the same thing as our vision. When you, when you feel embraced by someone, then, and, and you embrace someone, and y'all have a relationship that you know each other, then you know what? It's easier to encourage one another in areas of growth, areas of change. Hey, have you ever thought about this? We're open to people helping us if we know they care about us. But it starts with relationship. And these, these believers were all about not only hearing the word and growing, but just being together. And having time of fellowship. In Hebrews, it talks about don't forsake the gathering together of believers. And some people use that to say, see, you should go to church. And that's part of what it's saying. But it also says, but encourage one another. And the, sometimes the reason you need to be a part of a family of believers is not just because you need it for what you need. But you also need to be there to be an encouragement to other people who may need something. Because in the early part of the service, when we had people raise their hand who were struggling and had a need, you know what? The ones of us who didn't have our hands up, we were able to go pray and to go just love on those people and say, we're with you and we're praying for you and we're standing with you. So there's part of coming together as believers that isn't just for us to get something out of it, you know, but it's us to give. You know, I've had people tell me, oh, you know, I just don't, you know, I don't go to church a lot. I really don't get anything out of it. And I always tell them, well, then give something. Go and give something. There's, there's, you could do that. Because if other people feel the way you do and you go to church and give something, then you're going to change what they feel. And plus, you reap what you sow. Start giving and watch what happens. You'll start receiving. Because that's a principle that's in the word. You with me? All right, for you nine people, we're going to keep going. All right? Afterwards, it says not only to teaching and to fellowship, but sharing in meals. Man, who likes to eat? Be honest. Who eats? All right, that's a better question. Okay? Listen, there is something that is significant and good for you to every now and then invite someone to your house for dinner. Or... Or invite yourself to someone else's house. <laughs> Whenever I do that. I've done that before. Someone said, man, we should get, grab dinner one time. I said, let me know. I'll be over whatever night. 
So, or on a Sunday. You know, if there's a family that you don't know very well, during the greeting time, connect with them and invite them to lunch one Sunday after church. And, and pay for it. Oh. <laughs> or invite someone you know has money and let them pay for it. <laughs> Whatever you want to do, just be a blessing and receive a blessing, whatever. But there's something about sitting down, having a meal with someone. And it's, 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 I'm telling you, it does something for you. If, you. if you'll do that, I promise you. Put it into practice this week. Invite one family. You know, go to your neighbors. Invite them to come over and cook out hamburger and hot dogs. Do something. But there's something about that that's healthy. So they're sharing meals together and including the Lord's Supper because part of it is just being unified in the fact of remembering God's love, what he did for us, and the price that was paid for us so we could have a relationship with God. So there's a lot of that um, significance in what they're saying by breaking bread and, and having a meal together. It can include communion, but it's not limited to just that. It can also just be a meal that you share with one another. And those are healthy things. And then the last part, what they're what they were uh, devoted to is prayer. Devoted to prayer. Do you know, it's, it, it's amazing to me that most of the time when prayer happens is when tragedy hits. And something's out of our control, and then we pray. Or meals. Because we were trained, we grew up, you know, say grace. You know, good food, good meat, good God, let's eat. And you just do whatever. But can I tell you something? There are times when you face situations that you don't know what to do, whether it's a business situation or a decision you have to make, and, and you find yourself in this place like, oh, how did I get here? You made a wrong decision or something, and then you pray. But I want to encourage you. If you have a lifestyle of prayer, you can save yourself from some of those mistakes because you can communicate with a God who loves you and promises to direct your steps. And that when you ask him for wisdom, he'll give it to you. He'll, he'll give it to you. So I would, I would encourage you to really dig deep. And understand that, that prayer isn't just something we do before we eat. Prayer isn't just something that, oh, I'm in trouble. Now i got to pray. Because prayer is something that is basically is communicating with God. And you should do that all the time. And, I, you know, I know people that say, well, God knows everything. Yeah, but he still wants to hear you. He still wants you to talk to him. He still wants to talk to you. Because if, if God had plans and a purpose for you and he had a direction that he had for you and you never stopped to ask him what it is, you'll never know. And sometimes prayer is just saying, you know what? I need to take some time and spend with God and do it alone and talk to God and have some time in your prayer where you listen for God because he speaks to you. He'll speak through the spirit in you. He'll speak through the word. He can speak through others. He, there's a lot of different ways he can speak to you, but he'll speak and he'll encourage you and he'll help you. That's, what, that's part of the way the early church, that's how it started. And they heard from God, and they had, they had things that happened. Now, this is the cool part of this, okay? So you're in, chapter, in verse 42. Now let's go to verse 43. This is what happened. After these four things, that the, the, the believers are devoted to these four things, 
And then this is what happens. If those four things can be the foundation of your life and my life and our life as a church, that for Thrive, we, we are focusing on four things. We're going to hear from God. We're going to get in his word. We're going to fellowship together. We're going to build community. We're going to eat together. Amen. And we're going to pray together. We're going to do it individually, but we're also going to do it together. You know, some people think, you know, we just do a church picnic just to go have fun. Listen, this church picnic today is very intentional. Because you know what's going to happen? Here's what's happening. Right now, we're here hearing the word. And then we're going to go out, outside. We're going to fellowship. We're going to connect with each other. We're going to get to know each other better. You're going to meet some people maybe you haven't even met before and they've been here. We joke around sometimes. I won't say who, but there was one person that met a couple. They're like, oh, I just met them. I think they were new. I'm like, they've been here three years. <laughs> you know? And it's just because we're, we're just all set in our sections and, and we all have, you know, we don't always ca- able to connect with everybody. But this is a time today that we're able to just fellowship. And then guess what? We're going to share a meal. There's a lot of desserts back there, y'all. There's hamburgers and hot dogs on the grill as we speak. There's, there's chips and cookies and baked beans and other food. I don't know what else. Um, and there's, there's water and there's all kinds of drinks out there. And, and we're going to ha- have a meal together. And, then we're, and we pray. We're, we've already prayed and we'll continue to pray. But that's what the early church was like. That there was that fun relational side. There was the real intense, like, listen, we need God and we need to hear from him. We need his word. And because of the relationships we had with one another, that it's, it should be very easy for you to call someone in the church and say, hey, could you pray with me about this? Could you just encourage? I just need encouragement. Could I, could I talk to you for a second? And that we're there for each other. As I was at a football game the other night, and there was someone who was just going through something. And you know what? Who cares? Pray at a football game. Ain't nobody paying attention to you anyway. They're looking on the field. And after you pray, you look around, and there's some people at that game that they needed prayer. And and in my way, I was like, you know what? This one, you know, you always have the other coaches that are in the stands. Um, And I was like, we need to pray for him. That spirit of shut up to come on him, you know. (laughs) Can I say that here? Sorry. But, I mean, quiet thyself is what I should have said. Um, but, But you know what? You can pray anywhere. And if someone comes to you and they have a need, then you know what you need to do? If someone comes and says, hey, could you be praying for me? I'm going through this. I would encourage you to stop at that moment and pray for them. Because if you wait, chances are you're going to forget. I know I've been guilty of it. Hey, I'll be praying for you. And then I get busy doing something else. But why not just do it? It doesn't have to be long. You don't have to hold the line up at the supermarket or wherever you're at. Supermarket? I don't even, do I even, supermarket? I've never said that before in my life. At the grocery store, wherever you're at, you don't have to hold this, you don't have to hold the line, just pray, or just step out, and when you walk outside, just pray for them. Just short, simple, God, you, you hear their heart, you know what they're going through. Lord, will you just be there for them? Will you comfort them? Will you give them strength? Give them wisdom today. People need it, and you need it, and it builds community. So this is what happens. When those are the foundation, here's what happens. Verse 43, a deep sense of awe came over all of them. 
And the apostles, they performed miraculous signs and wonders. When there's a community that is hungry for the things of God and hungry to, to grow together and to be a part of a, a bigger thing and a family of God and praise together, and those are values, core values that they have, you open the door for the miraculous power of God to work. You open the door for the miraculous power of God to manifest in, in situations in people's lives. Because I'm telling you, just because you may not have experienced everything the way you wanted to, I'm telling you, God is still a miracle-working God. And when we put our focus on Him, and we hear His Word, and we pray, and we connect with others, listen, I'm telling you, we can believe for the miraculous power of God to manifest in our midst. When we pray today, I'm telling you, I, I believe God can heal every disease. I believe God can set people free. I believe God can give people wisdom in business decisions that just bless their company. I believe God can do all of that. I tell you, I know God can take anybody and do something great with them, even if other people don't believe in them. You know, if you would ask any of my friends in high school, if you were to go back and find them and say, you know, Jinx is, that's what they call me. If you know, you know Jenkins is a uh, pastor. No, no. Wrong Jenkins. I'm telling you, God can do anything. He can do anything. So there's deep sense of awe, and there was miracles that started happening. Miraculous things that took place because of the, the foundation that they had. Verse 44 and verse 45, here's what else happened. All the believers met together in one place. Okay, that's kind of what we're doing here. We meet together. And here's what they did. They shared everything they had. Go ahead, go ahead to the next verse. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. How about it? Who wants to sell their house and help other people out? <laughs> Let's do it. But here's, part, here's what it's saying. They cared for each other. They would give and they would help. If someone was in need, they're like, hey, we'd come together as a body. And we say, hey, we'll help. That's part of what we do, and you do that whether you know it or not, because if you give to the church, every month we have a council meeting. The council looks over every penny that comes into the church. They know, they know everything about the finances. It's accountability for us. It's a good covering for us. And we meet, and we talk, and at the end of every meeting, after we go over all the budget stuff, we decide, let's be a blessing. Who or what ministries do we want to bless this month? And we've given... Hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars, up to $25,000 away in one meeting. All being led by the Spirit. God, what do you want us to do? And you know what? That's because God blesses us to be a blessing. And there's no reason for people in our community, in our family, to be in need if we have ways that we can help. And part of, part of that happening is we come together as a family and say, we're here. We're here to help. And no one is left behind. No one is struggling. No one's going without. So that, that's part of what they did. And that's, that's a pretty amazing thing because you know what? You don't grow up learning to share. And don't act like you did. <laughs> and if you have kids, they didn't grow up learning to share. You didn't teach them to not share. But that's not a normal thing that we learn. And, and I'm, it's still not normal. But you don't believe me? Go, in, go back in the little kid's room and go take a toy from one of those kids that's playing with it right now. 
And you're going to see that even our wonderful little toddlers are not like, oh, be blessed. Hallelujah. You can have it. I sow that into your ministry. No, they're not going to do that. They're going to be like, that's mine. That's how we normally are as little ones. We're like, that's mine. But you know what? We have to teach them. Listen, share. Share. Be a blessing. And that's what they did. They were there. They shared. They were a blessing to, to one another. And then verse 46. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper, shared their meals with great joy and generosity. They worshiped God together. Do you know what was so awesome about this morning when, when I came in and I had to get mic'd up? I was finishing something out there. I came in just a minute late and I walked up here and I could hear everybody singing and worshiping. And, and, and people were clapping and some people didn't know, like, we don't clap a lot. Are we supposed to clap? I'm just going to tell you, if you want to clap, clap, right? It's fine. And um, so, but people were worshiping and it was such an awesome sound to hear the body of Christ just worship God together. You know why it's awesome? Because it's the sound of heaven. That's what heaven's going to be like. Right now, all the angels up there singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is to come. I mean, that's blessing and honor, glory and power. All that's going on right now. And when we sing, we're just part of that choir that's just singing and worshiping God. And there's something that happens as we worship that just grows us and, and helps us. So they worship God, and they were living with joy and generosity. That's part of having that foundation where you're connecting with God in those ways that we talked about. You're going to have joy in your life. You're going to be a joyful person. I'm going to tell you what this world needs. They need Jesus. The way they're going to get Jesus when they see Christians who are actually happy and have some joy, they're going to say, okay, where does that joy come from? And then we can tell them. It's from our relationship with Jesus. You should be walking with joy. doesn't mean you never have down moments or struggles. But overall, there should be something inside of you that says, you know, this little time here on earth is a little rough right now, but I'm telling you, I know that I'm spending eternity forever in heaven with God and, and, and all of the other believers. And I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm gonna, I have God with me. I have the Spirit of God with me that's going to walk with me through all this stuff. And there's joy that comes in that. And then there's generosity because, see, when they sold their possessions, here's what that spoke to me. Their stuff wasn't more important than people. That doesn't mean you go sell everything, but I can tell you right now, your stuff isn't more important than people. And and we do a good job at this because it's part of what I talked to the guys about when 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 they were hired. People are over task. So if you have something to do, Chris or Curtis or myself, any of the leaders, if you have something to do, you do not make a person less valuable than that task. So if you pass someone, you stop and say hello, and if they need something, that's the important thing. Because a piece of trash can get picked up later. But that could be something that is needed right then. And you know what? People are more important. Don't get me wrong. I don't like trash in the yard. I want it picked up, but not at the expense of someone who's hurting and needs someone. So that's how it was for disciples. Like, I, I mean, for the believers, all this stuff isn't as important. What's important is that we connect with these people and that we have generosity and we have joy together. And then here's the, here's the last part that it happened. Uh, God grew the church. And, and 
And I think when it says that, it says that each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who are being saved. And I think, you know what, part of that growth is not just people, but part of that growth is what happens on the inside of us as we grow. And can I tell you, if you've been here long enough, you know that we, we have done nothing to try to grow this church. The Lord spoke to me before we even planted the church. And in Matthew 16, Jesus made this statement, I will build my church. I is him, my is him. So I, Jesus, will build my church, Jesus' church. We don't have all this campaigns running out here trying to get everybody here. We're just like, Lord, you build it. We'll be faithful to teach your word, to fellowship, to, 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 to share things together, and to pray. Because that's the foundation of what the early church was like. And so my encouragement to you today as we, as we wrap up here is I just want, I want you to know that I think sometimes in Revelation chapter 2, um, John has his vision, and he, and he writes these letters to the churches. In the church of Ephesus, he says this, there's a lot of things that you've done well, but there's one thing, you've lost your first love. And he's talking to the church at Ephesus that they've lost their first love, and here's what that means. Losing your first love means this, that you cease to love the way you did at the beginning. And you know what, for me, I'm thinking in my walk with God, in your walk with God, and us as a church, are we still as passionate about the Lord as we were when we first got saved? Are we still as passionate about growth and discipleship and getting healthy spiritually and spiritual growth? Are we still as passionate as the day we gave our life to Jesus? Because I know some people, you give your life to Jesus, you're like, I'm ready to preach. You know, and you're just like gung-ho and people got to slow you down like easy. You don't know anything yet. Just, just love Jesus. Let him work on you before you do anything. But what happens sometimes we get comfortable and all of a sudden we're just sitting in the chair just doing our thing, and we're just here, and we listen, and we leave. But I'm telling you, spiritual growth means this, that you love Jesus today the same way you did when you first accepted him, and that it begins to grow when you begin to understand God more, and you begin to crave and desire what he has for you, and you begin to desire to be around people like that because you need the body around you, and you share and you make people more important than your stuff. So if you want to go get something that you don't really need, but someone else has the need that you have no problem, say, you know what? I just want to be a blessing. I just want to help you. That's, that's what it's like. That's what the early church was like, and that's what we need to get back to as a church. So part of today, it's that. You know what? We've, we've heard the word. We've prayed. But be intentional today out there. Don't, don't just... Don't just sit there and eat and jet. I know some of you may have to go to work. You may have to do something. But while you're eating, connect with people. Build community. That's what we're about. We want you to know you belong in the family of God. It doesn't have to be this church family of God's way beyond these walls. But you belong. You're important. You're valuable. And you mean a lot to God. You mean a lot to us. And we want to just continue to grow that way. And to, to just mature in, our, in, our, in who we are as a church and understanding the need that we all have for community.